Hello, my lovely nightcappers, Candice here, and I'm excited. It's our 10th episode. Woohoo! Thank you guys for listening and staying with me on this journey. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And I apologize. This week's episode was delayed. I definitely wanted to aim for more of a Friday release date, but this week just got the best of me. So I actually had my parents in town. They came down from Illinois and got in on Thursday, right around the time I finished work. And so usually I would have recorded this episode then, but I had some guests in town and wanted to, you know, give them my undivided attention since they drove all the way here to spend time with Matt and I. And it was a great weekend. We spent a lot of time just kind of exploring different areas of Dallas and North Dallas. So we took, we went to like a farmer's market on Friday night and then um, went to like closer to downtown Dallas to another kind of market and eatery that I hadn't explored yet and got some ingredients for my husband, Matt, to actually make some pasta, some bolognese. And it was lovely. It was such a great weekend. I feel like we were watching like movies together and it was just really nice and the weather here was hot but it was just nice to get outside and walk the dog with them and just a relaxing beautiful weekend i had a lot of fun they just left this morning to recording this on monday so thank you guys for being patient with me and yeah i'm i'm excited to get this episode out because we have a lot to talk about especially with what I'm calling reunion hell week last week. It was a roller coaster ride of reunions, but I'm excited to give you guys my thoughts because they were pretty intense. I feel like I was ready for a nap after I watched most of them. So we had the Vanderpump Rules reunion part two, the summer house reunion, and we also had the New Jersey Housewives reunion part one. So lots of content. Um, And I've also been watching a few other things to just kind of unwind my mind from Bravo lately. Um, I did watch Selling Sunset recently, the new season. I think it's season six. I don't know if you guys have been watching it or have watched it, but I really enjoyed it. I really like the new cast of characters that they brought in. As we know, Christine is no longer there and we have some new players. I think one of the gals' names is Bree. And she happens to be one of the women that has had a baby with Nick Cannon. And some of the women, mainly Chelsea, (laughs) does not approve with the lifestyle. So they get into it. And there's another new face. Her name is Nicole Young. So apparently she has been with the Oppenheim groom for a long time and is one of the OGs there and used to also date Jason. But... I guess she just, I don't know why she never was on the show before, but her and Chriselle go back a few years and have this drama that she accuses Chriselle of getting a co-listing like two years ago because Jason has a crush on her and it just all goes to shit. And Chriselle definitely throws a few daggers back to Nicole specifically when they're in Palm Springs. And it gets really heated to the point where Chriselle actually accuses Nicole of being on drugs or on something. And Nicole goes and actually like on vacation goes and gets a drug test and comes back like trying to prove, you know, her innocence or whatever. And, and then of course, of course, Chriselle kind of like backpedals, but that gets really heated And I was also saying Chelsea Lascani, I think is how you say her last name. She and Brie, I think Brie's last name is Tessie, Uh, but they get into it really, really bad when, or Tessie maybe, uh, that uh, just about Brie's lifestyle and, and how Chelsea just thinks that Nick Cannon, you know, he's, he's creating a lot of potential kind of, I would say not even dysfunction, but just un unfulfilled home lives. Maybe you could say be with the kids, not having the attention of their dad with them being more than like, what is there maybe nine, 10, 11 children now. So allegedly like 
that's that's a whole thing that they dive into, but it was extremely, extremely juicy. So definitely check that out. Um, we also see some familiar faces like Emma is back. Amanda's back a little bit. Heather, who's very pregnant, and she does not let you forget that she's very pregnant. She talks about it every single episode. She's pretty funny, but she, she, I don't know, she's entertaining this season. And then we do see Chriselle and her new significant other, G, who I think now they are married. So we see kind of the beginning of their relationship and how she and Jason are interacting. It was a good season. I enjoyed it. I think the beginning of it was rough. It definitely felt heavily produced in the first like episode or two where the you could tell production was like, ask about this or whatever. And they were having very kind of fake conversations. Like, how do you think Christine, you know, how do you think the office is going to be without Christine and different things? Like it was just kind of phony. And then I think they loosened up a little bit, but I got to tell you, I mean, who knows if these are actually their listings or not at the end of the day, it's a, it's just like fun to watch them. I mean, they are highly entertaining and the outfits I just wonder, like, are you really showing up to listings in head-to-toe, bright pink with gloves and this out ridiculous ensemble that you put together? It just seems, especially for Chelsea, she goes above and beyond, which hats off to you, and she's very, like, label-centric. But at the same time, I'm like, are you really showing up to the beach wearing that outfit to your listing that's right on the water um, and stepping in sand or whatever? So I don't know. It's it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. I definitely like binged it once I got, got past, I think episode three. Um, I couldn't stop watching it after that. And then I also watched the Bama rush documentary that was on HBO. And we know that this documentary got a lot of hype because Bama rush was like front and center on TikTok maybe a year or two ago. And then there was all this hoopla around, whether or not there were going to be hidden cameras or girls that are rushing different sororities wearing microphones. It definitely was a documentary that was much different than I anticipated it was going to be. I did think it was going to be a little bit more controversial, to be honest. And it it did disappoint in that sense. It ended up being, I think, moral of the story around feeling accepted. And the reason why I say that is because the director... Um, she does make multiple appearances throughout the documentary and she suffers from alopecia. She has most of her life and she wore wigs for majority of the first half of her life leading into adulthood. And one day just said, no more, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be accepted and win the approval from other girls that have beautiful hair. And I just want them to accept me for me. So she does talk about that. And that ultimately I think drives this message throughout the documentary and kind of harps back to the girls who are ultimately, I think there's like a handful of girls, maybe four or five that they start the documentary with about a, almost a year before rush. It's kind of crazy. And they're talking about all this prep that they're doing and they're, they just want to get in and they want to be accepted by these sororities. And this documentary kind of has, or the documentarian has an epiphany that wow, like these girls are kind of on a similar journey that I once was for feeling accepted by a group of people. And it was just wild to watch because I myself, I I joined a sorority in college um, and it can be very intense, especially around recruitment time. I definitely don't think ours was as intense or maybe I didn't experience that Um, as much as these girls do, I think Bama Rush specifically has had a lot of hype. So the girls are oftentimes taking videos of themselves about what their outfit, what outfit they're wearing that day. And, you know, all the prep that they're doing, some of them, I think are hiring consultants about, you know, what they should put on their resume. And I didn't even know you had to create a resume for sororities. Maybe that's a new thing because definitely wasn't when I was in one, um, and what picture they should put on it and how, Like, what should they post on social media and how should they present themselves to these girls? And what if they're awkward? Like, what what do they say to get around their awkwardness? And it's a lot of prep. Um, Like, they're actually practicing their answers and how they're going to carry themselves and hold themselves. And then it does show, like, as they near the time of rush, a couple of the girls end up dropping out because people in and around the college figure out that this is happening. And so a couple of the girls, I think, get scared 
that maybe they won't have an opportunity to join if they're found out about, you know, talking to this documentarian. So very interesting, but much, much different than I thought it was going to be. There was no hidden microphones, nothing like that. It just stays with the girls through a few of their journeys. And some of them decide like, this isn't for me and, and drop out completely. And some of them end up do going through and, and rushing and, and, you know, getting a bid and everything. So check it out. If you were in a sorority or familiar with that kind of space, I would suggest watching it. It just gave me, gave me a lot of like flashbacks to college. So check it out. Um, and then that's, those are kind of the main things I was watching over the last week, I would say. Um, but I do want to get into all of the reunions with you. Um, so let's talk about the Vanderpump reunion part two next. All right, Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 2. So I watched the version that aired on Bravo and also Peacock, so I will do my best to share with you guys what is the like extended and uncut versions. But the episode kicks off with them going in on Sandoval. Everything's getting really heated. And one thing I think a lot of people maybe missed or didn't necessarily hear, and Lala actually admits that she didn't hear when it happened, but she addresses on her on her podcast recently, is Sandoval saying that Lala pulled out her IUD the day she found out Stassi was pregnant. Absolutely appalling. <laughs> like just super disgusting to even talk about that and to talk about her pregnancy like that. It's just he has no right. Um, so that was pretty nasty. And then we learn a little bit more about Lala and Randall's relationship. So she tells us that they really don't speak. Um, and the only part or when they really interact is when she has to drop off Ocean when they take turns and, and during their custody battle right now, they're still sharing custody. Um, and that he, Randall, did not consent to having Ocean being filmed. So I didn't even realize that. I, I noticed that we didn't see her much on the show, but I just thought the whole scandal took over everything. And I know that Lala's talked a lot about them not really showing much about her sobriety journey and what she's been going through. Um, but that was really sad to hear that he hasn't consented, but we do see a lot of ocean on her Instagram, at least. Um, one of the parts that was uncut was when James kept storming off uh, the set. He actually tells producers and the set people behind the scenes that he just keeps getting very angry and he also has to pee. So he keeps getting up to use the bathroom, storming off. Uh, and then we learn a little bit more about James and Sandoval's relationship I did not realize that James and Sandoval were actually supposed to move in together before James got together with Kristen. That was very new news to me. Uh, and Lisa, why is she doing chiming in like about how James only slept with Kristen to get on the show? It's like, just stay out of it, Lisa, please. Like here, you're here for advice. You're here for kind of that mother motherly shoulder to cry on and, and to maybe even help when things are getting heated. But like, we don't need you chiming in about who James was sleeping with to get on the show. Like, it's just, it's enough. Um, Ariana and them kind of walk off. They go to take a break. Um, Tom Schwartz is over there doing push-ups. Um, of course, Ariana had to sneak a little, when you're done with that rat comment, <laughs> to production. Um, but we see Sandoval go to Rachel's trailer. And he is... He, both of them are completely delusional. I, I truly think that the scene with them in the trailer just epitomizes how much they don't get it. He's just saying how, like, of course, Lala doesn't care about us. Why why would she? Um, he's also saying things like they're making out to make them look like pathological liars. And then she says something, even though I know we aren't. Aside from the affair. Like, you guys, is this for real? Is it? I And Raquel just continues to say how she she goes in around, like, what she doesn't love about what's going on and, and that it's not coming across great when they're addressing the intimacy between Sandoval and Ariana. 
And she's like, I don't know if you're being honest with me about that intimacy. All I know is what you're telling me. Of of course, he's going to tell you what you want to hear, babe. Like, hello. And then he's just going on about how maybe we should have done this earlier. And in, in terms of telling the truth. And she's like, you think? Like, I, it's it's just crazy. Um, the wildest part, though, to me was when she says that her entire character is in question now and she's going through a transitional phase this past summer and this is really a wake-up call and the pendulum is swinging you know it swung too far in the other way it's just wild I'm like you're going you're saying you're going through this transitional phase and your character is being called in the question but I don't know that any of us really knew your true character you didn't really have any people on your side. I mean, nobody showed up to your puppy party a couple years ago. Like you finally got a couple friends and think that you have this credibility and these strong relationships. And then you do something like this. It just, the woman is lost. That's all I can say. It's, that's what it always ends up going back to. But she's, you know, it's just crazy. And Tom says like, Ariana is going to unleash on you. And he what they walk off, he comes back in, and we see him just completely lose it on production. I was just dying. Like, we've seen these pictures of them sitting in the all blacks, chain smoking their cigs, just looking depressed. And we finally see like what this is all about. And he's screaming, Stop filming me. And I don't want a camera in my fucking face. It's like they're just saying we don't feel relaxed with the cameras here and that he's in a very delicate position and just needs some space. It's like, it's just hilarious. You signed up for this. You signed up for the show. You knew what you were doing was wrong. And you guys had plenty of time to talk about your story, to get it straight. Raquel even says it in her one-on-one about how you guys have been preparing for this over the last couple of weeks. And now all of a sudden you guys need alone time. It's just, it's not going to happen. They want to film you guys when you're all together. If And the producer very calmly says like, you can take a break. You can take a break. You can go eat lunch by yourself. But if you're going to be together, there is going to be a camera in your face. It's like, obviously, hello, <laughs> you're on a set. Oh my gosh. Um, but I just loved watching that whole entire scene. Um we then see Allie come join them after the lunch break, and she says that she actually watched the show, and she wasn't really sure about James, but that in meeting him, he was lovely, and and he's grown a lot. So I don't know. Allie's slowly grown on me. I think from the beginning, I was very torn on her. I do still think a small part of her is out for fame. I mean, she purposefully went to a concert to meet these guys. I mean, you're going there to obviously because you're a little thirsty, let's be real. But I think she has good morals and a good moral compass at least. So she'll be a good guiding light for James. And I do appreciate the fact that she was like, sometimes we take breaks from drinking and he does with me. So it seems like they do try to make each other better. And I think she's probably and is a lot better for him than the past women we've seen him with, i.e. Kristen and Raquel. Um, but the uncut version that we um, didn't see on Bravo was James getting extremely emotional about how, you know, he and Lisa's relationship has evolved and they do a, a reel of, of showing all the times that he's cried and sitting down with Lisa. And it was just like the greatest hits moments of his, him sobbing. Um, he just has, you know, you can tell he has a good heart and he, it wants to do good, but he does have some anger problems that he's clearly working through and says he's going to therapy for. Um, and then he talks a little bit about the part that I wish I could just block out of my memory. And I just can't even think about it anymore. He does talk about how Raquel, addressed him and his manly parts at the dinner table in front of her Nana and all the whole family. It was too much. I, I can't even go there. It seems inappropriate. I'm not really sure um, how Raquel feels about that. If she's going to address it when she comes out, I'm really curious if she does I feel like there's so much more that they're going to talk about, but I would like to see 
what she says. She definitely made like confused eyes in the in the trailer that she was in a hundred yards away, as we know. But the entire time, I just kept thinking, I cannot with Tom Sandoval's eyes. Every second he's sitting there, side eyeing, looking around, crossing his legs, like looking down, looking up, side eyes. It's it's a lot. It's like, and the best part about that was, I think it was later on, but he he shows him, maybe it was in the first reunion, him in the parking lot, chain smoking once again, literally saying, and I think this is what he says, but it's a little bit muffled. He goes, I'm fucking blowing it. So I think he knows he's not really doing a great job in this moment. Um, after that, we do hear Sandoval go down this rabbit hole about how James has lost some different partnerships. They had a partnership with Atlantic City and James like smacked a girl's butt and just doing stuff, um, basically accusing him of drinking too much, which we know that that can be a downward spiral for James. But in this moment, I'm really glad that Lala stepped in and, and said he has no place to be speaking and has no ground to be speaking on James's drinking. It's not his problem. It is nothing to do with him. So I was really glad to see that she shut that down, knowing that she has a background in that area and that she continuously goes to AA. So she, she, I believe was the right person to speak up at that moment. Um, we then talk more to Katie and Schwartz. I feel like it's such a moot point at this point. Um, and it's kind of whatever. I'm, yeah, that's really all I have to say. <laughs> um, they do also show another uncut moment after that where James is talking about the house that he purchased in the valley. Um, he did purchase it by himself and the alley will be moving in, but it's not their house together. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I just love the moment after that, though, where James is calling Lala a legend and that you know, especially when Lala was talking to Allie and kind of giving her some forewarning, especially because Lala, she admits she was in a bad place with all the Randall stuff going on, that she wanted to make sure that Allie was, you know, just had her head on straight, was keeping an eye out for red flags. Um, and and James addresses like, it wasn't great when I watched that, but I called Lala afterward and we talked about it and I just love their relationship. I love that they're sitting over there, the little peanut gallery to the side um, they're cracking me up this entire time and truly are the, the entertainment we need with such a downer situation. Um, then we talk, we see Sheena address the restraining order and she actually had her lawyer on her podcast recently to talk a little bit about that. And it sounds like the paperwork that Andy, uh, handed her was not the appropriate paperwork. So that is one of the big reasons why, they did decide to go to court a few days after that. Um, it was not the right legal documents. It wasn't served properly, something to that effect. So it was a little bit pointless. It felt like Raquel was trying to make, you know, a big statement there and that she felt like she was wrong. But I just thought, once again, it's clear as day that she doesn't really get it all when she goes, I should have written her a handwritten note. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> Insane. Um, and then when they when Andy asks Tom Sandoval, like, what do you think you were on the phone or whatever when all this punch, slap, push, whatever it was, went down? I believe it was a push. I think that that makes the most sense. And maybe her nail just kind of scratched her eyebrow somehow. She has long ass nails. Um Tom is stalling big time. It was very strange. I felt like I felt very uncomfortable in that silence, to be honest with you. It went on for a very long time, and I was surprised that they didn't cut that at all. I think they wanted us to also feel their pain that they experienced when he was stalling that much. But he says, you know, he's in between two people and their relationships, and Ariana's like, you don't have a relationship with Sheena. Like, it's over. So just spit it out, and he claims that it was a punch, allegedly. Um, and then he's like, well, I remember, I remember it being this. And Ariana's like, well, I remember you're a liar. So are we going to really, you know, accept that word from a liar? 
So it always goes back to that. This entire theme, they try to get away. They try to call out and point to other kind of storylines weaved throughout the season, but it's always going to go back to them. And I'm fine with it because I should have mentioned this at the top of the segment, but I honestly thought like, yes, this was a very entertaining reunion. However, this part two to me didn't really give us as much as part one. And I don't think it's going to give us as much as part three. It seemed like definitely more filler. And I was really bummed that like Raquel didn't come in until the little last couple seconds. It was insane. Um, but Sheena, Sheena does confirm later that she and, and, Raquel are never going to be friends again. Um, she did start to suspect some things based on what Lala had said towards the end of the season. And she ended up having lunch with the Ariana, but Ariana shut it completely down and didn't believe it. Um, they also talk a little bit about the Coachella situation, the alleged jacuzzi um, situation where Tom says or tells Raquel that they're in an open relationship. And that to me, I think that would be April 2022. So I'm wondering if this big supposed reveal that we're going to be experiencing in part three is them actually talking about this affair starting sooner, um, potentially starting closer to the time of Coachella. That seems like a big hint to me. I know I talked before last episode about Maybe he's hooked up with other people, somebody in production. Like, why is the executive producer saying that, like, the t- the cast is going to need some time to, like, really recoup and soak everything in before they sign on for another season? But that Coachella piece has stuck with me. It's like the timing just seems strange. Maybe it did start a lot sooner than we think, um, the affair at least. Then one another uh, uncut part was – them talking about how Tom feels they were putting on for the cameras. We've seen kind of glimpses of him talking about this in some of his confessionals, especially in the finale, where he says, like, you know, we would just, we would be fighting and then the cameras would pick back up and we'd be like, oh, hi, sweetie, how was your day? And um, I thought that I was surprised that this part actually didn't make it into the Bravo episode because I thought this part was actually the most interesting and juicy by far. So, Then Ariana says something to the effect of like, I felt like I was honest with the cameras. I always showed up how I was feeling and being transparent, but he's saying that he feels like they were faking it big time. Um, And Ariana goes on to say like, we didn't have any money issues with each other. We didn't have um, any other issues along like, you know, financial or business or anything, but we have intimacy issues with each other. And then she says she is not going to look at him anymore. Um, She's done making eye contact with him, looking over in his direction. So that was pretty intense. And Ariana says that one of his tactics is to never let somebody finish their sentence in a reunion or whatever in addressing some sort of controversy, controversy. That's a tactic that he likes to use that he shared with her. Um, And then he's like, well, no, that's your tactic, motherfucker. And Lisa didn't like that very much. She thought that he was saying that she was a motherfucker. It was it was weird. But um, then we flip over to Andy and Raquel sitting down again for their one on one. And Raquel apparently says that she does regret filing the restraining order and she's been trying to take actions to drop it, which we see is that kind of phony paperwork that she sends to him to give to Sheena. Um, but that, you know, it's a very intense situation. I mean, especially in filing a temporary restraining order, there's a lot of legal stuff that goes behind it. And, and to Sheena's point, she really talks about how much it has emotionally affected how she shows up in her day to day, how it, you know, makes her, feel just as a mother and how she's crying in front of her daughter. It was really sad to see. Um, and, and I think Raquel just never really understood the implications that something like that could, you know, have. Um, she just has a blank stare though, as these people are crying and pouring out their hearts and talking about how this has affected them 
just a blank doe-eyed stare. I just don't think the information truly processes through her brain. I think she's just like trying to make sense of things, but then never really gives a very human response to having understand it. And it reminds me a lot of like a Joey and friends where he's just like, they say a big word and he's like, uh-huh. And they're like, do you know what that means? And he's like, no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just completely blank ass stare, pretending like she understands. Um, but I just found all of that extremely interesting. Um, the weirdest part of it all was when Sheena was getting ready to leave and she gives Andy this vinyl of her record because it's exactly 10 years later when he talks about the reunion um, in 2013, her having an album someday in 2023. And here we are, she's trying to really bring it full circle. It was a little bit of a nothing burger. Um, but later then we see how um, Schwartz is you know, saying like, should I move over one so that Raquel and Sandoval can sit together? And Ariana shuts that down. So I'm not really sure if the plan was always to have Raquel and Tom sit together, but I think just having them sit near each other, especially during this heated reunion, probably is the right call on Ariana's side. Like she cannot see them sitting together. It just didn't, maybe just didn't feel right. Um, but we see then Raquel kind of talk more a little bit about, you know, how Tom has made her feel heard and seen. And especially after the intense girls trip to um, Vegas and Havasu, that she hadn't felt that way really ever. And that James never made her feel that way. It's just, it's crazy. I think she also says something to the effect that like, she really thought that if Tom and Ariana broke up, that they could start dating and that she thought that Ariana and her would still remain friends. It's like, in what world did you think that that was going to be okay? I don't think she has any sense of girl code because I don't think she's ever had to have girl code with any girlfriends before. I really don't. Um, just like she had never had like a girl's night or been to Vegas with girlfriends. I don't think she's ever been involved or had those types of close-knit relationships. Um, we then see how Raquel says she feels she was deceitful and feels ashamed. Like, I would hope so, but your body language and your face does not show it. Um, and Ariana was continuously pressing her about how long that it had been and, and that she really needed to get the, the full understanding from Raquel's standpoint, but Raquel know, was hoping to be able to talk to Sandoval before Ariana found out so they could, quote, get their story straight. Um, and because she didn't have time to do that, she ended up just telling Ariana fully the entire story when they were on the phone and Ariana confronted her after, you know, the Watch What Happens Live episode. And it's, yeah, I mean, she, she says like, Ariana was grateful for her telling her the truth because Tom probably would have never. So that was a wild part. And one of the uncut portions that we didn't see on Bravo was Andy asks her straight up, you know, about her and Tom's current relationship and that they're taking time apart. She also talks a little bit about like, is that, or he also says like, is, I don't know if that's your parents doing or your choosing. Cause it seems like her parents do have like such a big hand in how she's coping and dealing with all these things. Um, and she says that, you know, she wants to come back, but she's just not sure if she maybe will be allowed by her parents. That part was a little bit confusing, um, but it is in question right now, but she does want to come back on the show. That's, and it's just crazy because she is weirdly smiling, like very awkwardly. I wonder if she's one of those people that smiles when she's uncomfortable. That's kind of what I've gathered thus far. Um, but she's weirdly smiling when production asks her if she's ready to go out there and she's like, yeah, I guess I need to confront it. So it just shows her starting to walk out. Ariana is just looking down, not even looking up at all. Of course, Schwartz is over there trying to grab attention by taking Xanax before um, she comes out and Raquel walks out and it ends. So 
to till next time, folks. Like I'm just waiting. I feel like we're all waiting for this part three. And I, I hope it's not one of those situations where we get to the finale and the final piece of the reunion that has been all this build up and build up. And we're just left being like, well, we knew all of that because so much information comes out every single day. All of these cast members have podcasts and are talking. And of course they're trying to keep things under wraps, but I'm just wondering how much new information are we truly going to learn in the final reunion and those uh, alleged five, last five minutes where something mind blowing happens. I just, I'm trying not to get my hopes up because I just don't know if it's going to be as shocking as what we've experienced. We, nothing can be as intense of this entire thing breaking and all of what we've seen in the finale. So I'll be curious to see if this part three really lives up to its name and its reputation. <laughs> um, let's come back and talk a little bit about the Summer House finale and reunion because I know we didn't get to talk about that the last time. So was, I'm excited to chat with you guys about it next. Okay, summer house finale. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week because there was so much Vanderpump content going on that I needed to address. But I thought the finale was really good. I loved the jungle theme party. Everybody looked fantastic. And Sierra's avatar themed costume, I can't believe how far she took that with like the nose and everything. She did an amazing job and looked incredible. Probably one of the only girls that could pull that outfit off. Uh, but they kind of tie start to tie bows off on some of the relationships. Like we see uh, that Paige and Craig agree to start moving together in more of like a cohesive unit. Granted, like they're not moving in together, but they're going to make a point to spend more weekends together, travel together. So that was really nice to see. We also see uh, that Sam and Corey are very hot and heavy and agree to like keep this thing that they have going on. They're very steamy and it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm happy for them. They seem really cute. They seem really into each other. Um, we also see Oliver and Maya start to kind of unravel before our eyes. You can definitely tell that Maya does not want to address anything on camera. She's making it a point to like pull him into the bathroom and tell him to take his mic back on. And she does address towards the end of the episode, him ultimately cheating on her. And it's just super sad to watch. I think he tries to say like, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm, you know, coming to this party for you. And she's just like, no, like this, you're, you're here for the wrong reasons. And we find out later in the reunion, I think, um, that it's turns out that he's cheated on her with up to 11 women thus far is what she's found out, but really sad to watch that unravel. I thought it was interesting that she wasn't as open to, you know, she signed up for the show, but she's not really addressing their relationship or anything on camera um, and trying to kind of hide that. I think there's definitely an embarrassing factor there and she doesn't want to have that out there, but I thought how they kind of did it and them showing them having that conversation in the bathroom. I was kind of glad that we got to see that and her really standing up to him um, we then also see Lindsay and Carl, of course, come crawling back. They claim that they needed space and they needed some time apart to just from the rest of the group to digest everything. And I think the group is really surprised to have them back for the finale. I mean, contractually, I wonder if production was like, no, you guys have to be there. So who knows what the actual reasons were for them, like leaving and coming back suddenly, but just interesting, um, and, you know, Lindsay confirms to Danielle that she cut her out um, because Danielle said that they were moving too fast and the whole thing blows up um, as we see. And I just thought the rest of the crew kind of lurking behind the scenes and eavesdropping while it was very uncomfortable. I'm glad that they did have like witness to all of that because Lindsay was so emotionless, so just completely cut off and done with Danielle. You can tell she's just given up on her and she just doesn't care. And 
I think this scene really truly showed Lindsay's true color. She only cares about herself and is in this love bubble and has lost the person in her life, her best friend that tells it like it is and and was a true friend to her and always had her back. Um, I, of course, don't condone what Danielle did at the engagement party um, in talking about their drama and, and having that get relayed back to Lindsay, but this was just such an emotional conversation. And I was so glad that the girls in the house rallied around Danielle and started hugging her and she just broke down in their arms. I think for a really long time, she probably felt like she was on the other side. It was Danielle and Lindsay against the rest of the girls. And now the girls, no matter what, are there for Danielle. So that was really amazing to see kind of that bond and that those relationships evolve. Um, but Lindsay is just checked out. I, I don't think that she and Carl have a place in this cast going forward. I truly don't. So I'm really curious to see how everything plays out. Um, but you know, the music at the end and the hugs at the end of the summer seemed very final to me. That's kind of why I feel that way. I think is it just seemed like a big goodbye. And so, yeah, just final. And, and the reunion looks like it's going to be really good. Let's dive into it too. So Lindsay walks in saying, you know, her best friend, as she's kind of talking to production and getting ready to come on the stage, her best friend did the worst possible thing. I'm pretty sure she didn't because the worst possible thing would probably be another scandal on her hands. So that was just a little bit dramatic and, and seems like she's a bit un, you know, untethered from reality. Um, and then we do also see the every, rest of the crew come out. Everyone looks fabulous. I feel bad for making fun of Sam's outfit on Instagram. I was like, is she dressing for Dancing with the Stars? She says like, this is actually her like seventh outfit change. And she made the decision to wear that pink frilled like fringe dress the night before. So I get it. I've been their sister, made a last minute decision. She had to run with it. But is it me or does it sound like Amanda and Gabby both party too hard the night before? They have extremely scratchy voices. And I would and want to know because if ever I go out, I have a scratchy, scratchy voice by the end of the night, um, yelling from over music and talking over people. So um, that's a me problem, but I could see it and hear it in their voices that maybe they had a long night uh, previously. Um, but I'm glad to hear that Amanda's health is in in order. She's saying she's feeling a lot better and she addresses kind of maybe her health concerns had been a, because of her being on birth control for so many years. Um, we also see them talk more about this supposed blind item. So I had heard about this through like Watch What Happens Live. They said that there was a cast member that was presently cheating on their significant others. And there was this blind item going around Dumois that essentially Kyla had cheated on Amanda again. And the cast claims that Lindsay and Carl had sent that blind item through. Um, and they really dive in deep about how these rumors are really unfounded. And Lindsay is bringing up stuff that happened like three years ago with Kyle cheating that wasn't proven either. It was all hearsay. And so that was just... Uh, really interesting to learn that the cast has felt for a while now that they do leak things to the press and Paige specifically, I mean, her commentary, she was coming for Lindsay. She is definitely letting her know she does not like Lindsay. I feel like she's kind of flown under the radar with her commentary for a while now, but she's letting that disdain for Lindsay fly free finally. And I'm here for it because I'm a Paige stan. So I'm excited to see her really go in on Lindsay on this reunion. We also see them address like Maya telling Sam that she talks too much. And I appreciated that moment because I think it was a really hard conversation and situation that Maya was put in. I think Maya felt like she was doing the right thing. And Sam admitted like she really appreciated Maya saying that to her. And the last thing she would have wanted is maybe to see them talking about her behind her back and as far as her talking too much. So that was good to see. Like they're in a good place. They're fine. Um, 
And then we also talk more about like the Gabby and Sierra beef. It's just weird. I think they just don't vibe with one another, which is totally fine. You don't have to get along and be best friends with everybody. Um, Gabby does come off a little bit shallow. And I think she has talked about money and how her parents pay for this and that. And Sierra's just, she's independent. She was a nurse. She's a hard worker. I think she's moved to New York and started this fresh life. And she doesn't have time for somebody that's maybe just going to be too flashy for her is what I kind of gathered. Um, and I'm glad to see that Danielle and Sierra have come a long way. They are now allies. They they share the same enemy, if you will, in Lindsay. So it's funny, like they are now connected and and having a a more, I don't know, just deeper friendship than they did before. We obviously saw them have a huge fight with the wine glass being thrown last season, which was crazy. So glad to see that they are now on the same page. Uh, I thought another piece that stood out to me in this reunion was the part about when like they're talking about Lindsay and Carl and how the relationship started and them calling each other babe all the time. Danielle is smiling, which I thought was extremely telling. Like she is happy for them. I thought that body language was so telling of how much she does care about them and their happiness. So I just hope that Lindsay can eventually see that. Although I truly do not think that they have a path for friendship going forward. I, I've, I saw, or we saw on watch what happens live a few months back that Lindsay said the door is open and Danielle said the door is no longer open and she's not sure when it will be. Um, I also appreciated Kyle's honesty towards Lindsay and how receptive she was. So he talks a bit towards her around like her drinking and becoming irrational it was extremely spot on and that it is a valid concern that she does get that intense when she's drinking and she surprisingly agreed with it. She was very accountable and open to the feedback. Um, sounds like she knows that about herself already. I'm sure Carl and her have had many conversations, especially with his ongoing you know, journey through sobriety. So Thought that was really surprising that she just kind of sat there and listened, which doesn't really happen very often. Um, and then I love how Andy asked if anyone thinks Carl and Lindsay put on for the cameras. And immediately, <laughs> a bunch of people say no. Paige is like, I think they're pretty fake. It's <laughs> just so direct. Um, and she makes a very solid point that they don't text anyone in the group aside from the brand new people that they have met in the last six months and also says like, you know, where are you guys getting the money from? Like all these things, like you don't have jobs. Like that was a, tr a, a mic drop moment. I could not believe when she said that. I think I rewound it and rewatched because I wanted to see all their faces of shock when Paige dropped that. Crazy. Um, another point from her is that, you know, she – she talks a little bit more about how they leak stories to the press and you just never, we never get that sort of juice. I think we saw a little bit of that in like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and how Lisa was apparently leaking things to Radar Online. So Paige claims that they hear from the press um, and from those tabloids that they are getting this insight from Lindsay and Carl. So I'll be curious to see if any tabloids have spoken up and confirmed that. Um, they also address a little bit more on the Lindsay drinking piece, you know, how they're all hanging out and Lindsay is drinking again, kind of, I think it's early on in the summer and they get into it at a bar. Um, and Carl takes a Uber four hours away back to the city. Like that is a massive <laughs> Uber bill. Um, and, but Danielle, once again, had their backs, like she did not want to show any sort of negative side to them or, or show their weaknesses. And so once again, I think Lindsay is like, not Lindsay, but Danielle is, is being a good friend to them. Like she does tell the story now on the reunion. Cause I think she has nothing to lose. Um, but I don't know. It's really sad to see that relationship go downhill. And I know Carl and Danielle are close too. So I'm just curious about, how how and where this is going to go. Um, Carl also addressed his addictions and how hard it can be and 
Lindsay has been really there for him. So I thought that was admirable how they have been supporting one another through this entire journey. And I'm sure it can be really isolating, especially when you're on a show that's about drinking and Carl was working for a company, Kyle's company, um, lover boy. And now of course we know he no longer works there, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. I always, I feel like I'm always saying the word crazy because it is so hard to just wrap your mind around all the intricacies of this group and all the things that are happening behind the scenes. I think that is one of the hardest parts about watching these shows is like, if they don't show everything and then a lot happens outside of the show, it's really hard to follow. So it seems like there are things that are happening off camera or during the week, but trying to keep track of these stories and these relationships and how they're evolving. So I don't know. Um, we also, I thought it was weird when Lindsay was talking about how Danielle doesn't like engagements, saying how she reacted poorly to like Kyle and Amanda's engagement. I mean, Kyle and Amanda and Danielle, they weren't really that tight when all that happened a couple years ago. So I don't know. I guess my favorite part about this reunion is just how fired up Paige is. She reminds us of how poorly Lindsay treated her when she first joined the cast and that Lindsay continuously tries to, I think, prey on some of those people that are maybe a little bit weaker and she finds these things to just undermine others. And I guess, and this is something, another thing that happened off camera that we don't really ever see, which is annoying, is that Paige is saying um, that Lindsay said Paige weaponized her miscarriage and that, yeah, weaponized her miscarriage. And then Paige also says that she mistreats production and many other people that are around in their lives. She was rude to people at BravoCon. So Lindsay's character, I think, is truly in question during this entire season. I think in her past seasons, she has been a monster at times. And I just think over the years, she's become less likable. I don't know that she was ever extremely likable. She was definitely rough around the edges. And yeah, she's direct and well and and whatnot, but she's a different type of chick. Like she isn't really a gal's gal to me. So I don't know. I'm not surprised that all the girls have turned against her. And and Danielle even confirms when Andy asks her, like, does Lindsay talk poorly about the other girls? And she's like, Yeah, she does. And Lindsay, of course, tries to say, like, Danielle, you did too. It's like, Lindsay, you were always the one that was the most opinionated and I, I definitely think that Lindsay probably was the one that was steering those conversations and talking shit about the other girls. And Danielle was kind of just agreeing and going along with it because she was your buddy. So curious to see how part two pans out. I'm not sure if we're going to get three parts. I doubt it. I feel like they already covered such a big chunk in the first part. So more to come. It's airing tonight. I'm recording this on Monday. So stay tuned. Excited to watch part two and, and talk to you guys a little bit more about that. All right, let's chat about the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion part one because it was really one for the books. All right, let's get into it next. Real Housewives of New Jersey, what a reunion, you guys. I mean, it is getting so heated and this family dynamic, I honestly, I think we're all sick of it. This has been going on for 10 years. It's like, when does the madness end? Oh my gosh. And it's going to be a three-part reunion, I believe. So it, it really starts off with the women coming into the studio. It's decorated in an Ireland theme with the women's faces on paintings, which was pretty hilarious. Um, and we have the women on, you know, of course, either sides of the couch couches in their respective kind of cliques with Melissa and Margaret and Rachel food on one side. And then of course, uh, Teresa and Dolores, Danielle and Jennifer Aiden on the other side. So 
with Melissa and Teresa on either side of Andy, of course. So they're right next to him. But I thought it was crazy that Joe Judice called Teresa right at the top of the episode and was asking about Bill Aiden, helping him with maybe some like eye surgery or something like that or giving a recommendation. So that was kind of crazy. I just couldn't get over how he was like, I'll talk to you later. Like just the use part, I couldn't get over. But um, Teresa looks really much better with shorter hair. I have to say, I'm not sure if she tucked it underneath or um, still has extensions that are longer, but I got to say much cuter with, with this kind of edgy bob that she has going on. And the women really pulled it out with the fashion. I think this is one of the better reunions that all of them look absolutely fabulous. I can't get over Dolores as always just looks more stunning every time we see her. And then Margaret looks gorgeous. So of course, they, you know, they all admitted that they've had some work done, but the outfits this time around, I gotta say much better than in the past. Now it does get very heated right off the bat. Melissa is, and Teresa are going at it a lot. And Teresa is basically saying like, I can't wait to not see you anymore and that you're going to be out of my life after tonight. And is essentially making claims that Melissa is going to be kicked off the show after this season, which granted, Melissa doesn't have great storylines or anything, but I think she has a very big fan base, including me. I much rather watch Melissa than Teresa any day. So, but I know there's a lot of, um, a lot of Teresa stands out there. Um, definitely. And, and I want to say the, the actual, funniest moment I thought was when I think it was Margaret actually makes the joke that the tree huggers are actually tree stumps. So I don't know how that's going to go down with Teresa fans. I'm sure she's getting a lot of hate right now on social media, but I just had to point that out. That was freaking hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, the energy that Teresa is putting off by saying things like she can't wait to see Melissa anymore after that day of filming the reunion, it's giving Vicky vibes where Vicky thought, you know, she's the OG of the show and that it's her show. We all have seen how that worked out. Once you get a little too prideful, a little too cocky, the fans can turn on you. So I'm really curious to see what like the fan rating is on Teresa after this whole reunion, because it's not a good look. Um, we do also hear later from, Dolores. And I think one of the biggest bomb drops that I was absolutely just jaw on the floor is that Polly is still married. What? They're living together. I guess they've been legally separated for 14 years, allegedly. And Polly didn't feel like, you know, maybe there was any need for getting officially divorced. But that was shocking, especially saying that they're like seeing how he claims that he already has a ring and Dolores thinks that, thinks that that was kind of all talk and whatnot, but that was actually mind blowing. Um, and then we do find out that Frank is still living with Dolores's ex David. And they talk a little bit about that. Um, and, and her kids are still very close to David. So just an interesting dynamic there. I've always loved Dolores and Frank's relationship. I think he's one of the key people on the show that is just there for laughs and entertainment and everybody loves him. So I don't know. I, I heard that him and Polly were actually hanging out and getting along. I think ever since they've had that family sort of lunch or whatnot, that, that they are getting a little bit closer. So I'm glad to see that they're maybe moving in a, a solid direction, but just wow, the guy is still married. Wow. They do also probe a lot on Danielle's relationship with her brother and you know, it's, we already have one family, family rivalry and we're trying to escape the claws of that. So I just don't know if we have the mental capacity to deal with a whole nother brother, sister dynamic. It's too much. Um, I thought it was pretty wild to hear that Danielle had actually sent her brother a baby gift and he sent it back. Like, geez, I, I wonder if he's watched the show, if he has any opinions and I'm sure he sees his mom and his dad upset about this sibling rivalry. And it was just sad, but I don't think there's a lot more to it. I think they, 
they had some sort of miscommunication and she blocked him. And then that was it in his mind. I don't know. I don't know if it goes much deeper than that. I just have a feeling that it's not as deep as we think. Then this fight between Danielle and Margaret drags on about this damn arsenal that apparently Margaret has. It's just taken completely out of context and Danielle is just throwing her arms everywhere and yelling and I just couldn't help myself when I wrote down this quote of hers. She said, I'm going to try to do a New Jersey accent, you guys, but please don't judge me for this. Like I'm, I'm not an accent gal. She goes, my balls drag out the door. I'm not insecure. What? Like, and I'm sorry if that was awful. It felt awful. But <laughs> Her accent comes out so intensely when she says that. Oh my God. And thank you, Andy Cohen, for saying what we're all thinking and just sitting there in complete, like, utter confusion saying this is the dumbest fight he's ever seen. Then we later see Jennifer Aiden and her stiff neck. She's not able to look at the ladies next to her. Um, That was just classic. And I don't know, just this whole thing, I think, centers so much so around Teresa being extremely delusional. I think she and Jennifer Aiden had Danielle do their dirty work 100%. They've been on this for a while, especially Teresa. She knows how it goes. Jennifer Aiden wants to get Margaret back for what she did. And I think they are 100% out to make Margaret and Melissa do or look extremely bad. And Danielle being this new girl was extremely a pawn in this entire process. She just was, unfortunately. And I don't even think she realized that she was. And I think we're probably going to see it in the parts to come. But I just thought, you know, with Teresa specifically, the delusion never ends. She cannot see that she talks poorly about Joe and Melissa to her daughters and her daughters do as well. And she's yet to shut it down on camera. Um, She talks poorly about them you know, especially when she talked through Antonia under the bus um, with the Sweet 16 comment about her missing it. And we're just also over it. I mean, Dolores is over there on the side and she's like, this story is so old. They've been talking about this nonstop ever since the beginning of time. And then my MVP moment, as much as Danielle is kind of annoyingly in as a, you know, in a pawn in this whole situation her and Dan- and Danielle and Dolores on the side talking about how lame this all is. And then Danielle's like, I'm just thinking of Shake Shack. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we see that the next part of the reunion is going to be Teresa alleging that Melissa had a part in sending her to prison because she's heard new information from some of the former castmates So I think it's going to be a long-ass reunion, and I do not think this family drama is going to end anytime soon. It's mentally draining to watch it. Um, I hope Melissa comes out the other end of this, not only still being able to be on the show, because I think I would really miss her if she left, but I hope that they get it all out, they lay it all on the table, and then they just separate because for both of their family's sake and health sake, like, yes, of course, it'd be great if this family could be a, a unit and, and really love each other and spend time together. But I just don't think there's any reasoning with a crazy person. And I think Teresa is someone and probably one of the most infuriating people to argue with. And so because of that and because of her lack of ability to see things from a different perspective, I just think for all of their sanity, it's going to be best that they part ways. And maybe it's for a few years. Maybe it's for forever. But I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, it sounds like the filming is still on pause. So until they figure out like how they're going to film scenes and stuff. But this is something that Bravo does well. They really do. So we'll see how part two goes um, coming up. It's, it's coming up tomorrow. So 
um, this is going to come out on Tuesday, so it's coming out tonight. But excited to watch that. Excited for the Vanderpump Part 3 reunion this week. And we have some other stuff coming up. Um, Real Housewives Orange County starts on Wednesday, the 7th. So that's going to be awesome. We have the return of Tamara. I saw a hilarious preview of her like riding in on a motorcycle. So we'll see if she's able to kind of bring some energy and life back to that franchise. I think they've definitely been missing missing something. And I think Vicky even makes a small appearance as like a friend of this season. So excited for those things coming up. And I am watching Real Hustles Atlanta. We're running out of time today. It's slightly over an hour. So I'll probably dive into that maybe in the next week or two after the Vanderpump reunion is is wrapped up and we can open up more space to talk about how Atlanta is going because there's a lot of things happening over there between Marlo and Candy and this alleged shooting. And it's just craziness. Um, and then I am watching the Martha's Vineyard show. Jury's still out for me. I like it. I think it's good, but I almost feel like I might save my energy to talk about it until we see that it comes back for a season two, because if it's not getting good ratings or anything, it might not be a show that comes back. I'm not sure, but I'm enjoying it. It's just kind of more of a casual, mindless watch for me right now, because these are people I'm still trying to figure out and understand. Um, The two main characters that are hosting, they're the married couple. I strongly dislike them. They're very controlling. They're the husband's very controlling over the wife. Give it a watch if you feel like you want some extra content, but I'm just feeling very triggered by their relationship and how they're trying to control the entire house. It's, I just don't think it's going to be a successful show if they think they're just running their roost over there. So Martha's Vineyard Summer House, it's extra, extra content if you feel like you have enough on your plate to, to add that in there. Um, and I know we never talked about the end of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I have to actually kind of pause it. I'm savoring it until all this Vanderpump stuff is done. So I'll dip my toes back into it eventually and let you guys know my thoughts once I give it give it a full watch and my full attention. But that's it. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all so much. Um, please like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave me a review if you can. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps get the word out and share this with your friends on Instagram or shoot them the link to it in a text if you're like, hey, this girl talks about all stuff Bravo. I know I'm only talking about a lot of Bravo stuff right now. I did dip some Selling Sunset in there. So if there's ever anything else you guys want me to cover that you think that you absolutely love and you wish want me to watch it, I'm down, especially over the next few weeks as these reunions wrap up. So love you guys. Thanks for listening. Follow me on Instagram at reality nightcap and have an amazing week. Bye.